if you ever want to help share your amazing story well here's the whole blueprint Cassius Lapner is going to show us exactly how to do that and how to find that unique story and if you don't have one you can find it very easy and for, for no time of course before you actually click on and just like skip this short introduction I would advise to actually get more motivated and, and put in the work because making a great story requires pretty much a lot of time I'll see you soon by network that was amazing video me and Kasha did and I hope we can do a second one in the future okay Kasha once again one big welcome to the show and thanks for being contribution to our amazing podcast we're super excited to meet you and we're honored to talk with you but again, before I actually go into the interview, firstly, please say one big hello to the audience because they're excited to meet you. And second, tell us the most interesting thing about yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to meet you all as well. Um, let me see the most interesting thing about myself. Um, I can say that the most interesting thing is I took a year out of school when I was 16 to travel to seven countries around the world to make a documentary film about global citizenship. Well, let's talk more about the documentary at all. So what is it exactly about? Can you explain us more about it? Sure. Um, so before I tell you exactly what it's about, I think it's important to tell you how I got the idea. Um, when I was 14, I attended my first commission on the status of women, which was a UN conference on gender equality. And I was a very passionate youth uh, advocate for issues like gender equality and peace. Um, and it was at that conference that I was meeting other like-minded activists from every country, continent in the world. Um, and they were sharing their stories with me of how they're overcoming the issues in their communities, um, despite the challenges that they're facing. So. I had this crazy idea to use my passion and talent for photography and filmmaking to go around the world and share their stories so that people could feel inspired to take action the way that I felt inspired to take action, uh, which was through positive stories of triumph. Uh, and so I think that's the basis of what the Sunrise Storyteller is, is those positive stories of triumph over adversity. Um, I cover a range of issues. So everything from you know, education to girls, to um, human trafficking, to peace, um, but they're all woven together by that shared resilience. Everybody has hope um, to make the future better. So I think that, that is, is the best way to describe the film. You know, I actually was watching one video of Bill Gates uh, about, you know, that, uh, that woman from uh, Nigeria. And, you know, I feel like he's doing the same thing as you do. You know, he's telling, like, stories thanks to filmmaking. I mean, I know he's not filming them himself, but, again, mm -hmm. you know, he has a team to actually show it. So, uh, for though, for, like, a good storytelling, for a good story, what are, the, what are the, like, the steps to actually make one? How do you make a good story? I think a good story is not about the equipment that you're using or maybe all the time the technical skills that you have. Sure, those are important, but it's what's at the heart of your story. 
And I think as, you know, maybe a director or a storyteller, how you translate that to other people. So I think if you have a passion for an issue, it's going to show so much more than if you don't care about something, you're just filming something random. Um, so I think it's all about all about what you care about and have a connection with. So do you think that when you actually make a film, uh, a documentary, um, do you think that uh, when you actually touch with these people, you're actually like, um, how, how, how can I, how can I say it? Um, how, how much does it take to actually make one documentary? So you know, we don't want to actually make some, want to film something. I'm sure everyone wants to do that. Mm-hmm. So how, how did you actually make the documentary? How did you get the equipment at first? Mm-hmm. Um, so as a young person who didn't have the resources to just say, okay, I will take a year out of school and, you know, I have, I can do it. I have all the money and the financing to do it. Um, what I did was crowdsource funding. So, you know, websites like Indiegogo or Kickstarter, GoFundMe, I used to fundraise for the travel aspect of my trip. And then uh, in terms of the camera, funnily enough, I actually didn't have the camera equipment that I was going to be using for the trip until a week before we left to make this documentary. Um, I didn't have anything of good quality enough. So I had been attending Canon PR meetings in the morning, breakfast meetings, emailing their offices, showing up to like um, camera shows and telling them about the project. And um, the week before we left, I was allowed to take one to borrow for the duration of my trip uh, at time on camera. So that's how I was able to find the equipment. But because um, storytelling is so accessible nowadays and you have access to just their mobile phones and the camera quality on those are so great, that's a great place to start. A lot of people think that they have to have the fancy equipment to be filmmakers or storytellers, but that's definitely not the case at all. So I want to actually get into your education for a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So you mentioned that uh, when you actually made that documentary, you were on 16, I believe. Yeah. Well, like when, uh, how do you? What What's your childhood like? What was your childhood like? Because. You mentioned you were going on a conferences at 14 years old. I don't think many people do that. So how do you actually, what kind of a child were you? That's a good question. I think that I was always a caring, compassionate child. Um, it helps that I grew up with my single mother who uh, took me to all of her activist meetings when, when I was very little. So even if I wasn't engaged in them, I was hearing conversations about making the world a better place. Um, and when I was eight, I really started to get my my own motivation to make a change. So I used to do very little things in my community, um, like making body scrubs, like, um, like a, a bath uh, product for yeah. people and selling them so that I could raise funds for a local women's homeless shelter or um, I used to participate in a school social justice club. At one point I started my own social justice club for youth when I was little. Um, 
so I was a very active, engaged global citizen from a very young age, I would say. Well, I want to actually go into your high school experience. I want to actually learn what kind of a student were, were you actually like. Were you the mm-hmm. leader type of student? Were you like the quiet student? Did you like, I mean, you said that you like going on such activities, but were you active mm-hmm. as a student as well? Mm-hmm. Um, I could say that I was definitely active in, in those activities um, in my high school experience. Um, but I was, I was definitely a quieter, shyer person. Um, I think I like... As much as I like to to do to do school or to be in the school environment, I'm very much I guess a free spirit or an independent thinker. I always kind of question things, and um, I like to do things independently. Like everything that I've wanted to learn um, skills. In terms of skills, I've taught myself through the internet or you know sought out classes to to learn those skills and. So sometimes high school didn't always serve me in terms of the skills that I wanted to learn. Um, so I was, I was quiet and I kept to, you know, my, my close group of friends. Well, uh, but why exactly at 16 did you want to actually make a documentary? Like, why exactly documentary? Like, why not like a digital storytelling without actually filming a whole like documentary mm-hmm. about it? Why exactly did you want to document what you, what you said? Yeah. Um, I th- that's the best way. I think that's a great question. Um, it, the project started out as a photography project because that's where my skills were initially. Um, and then somebody, when we were fundraising, suggested that if you're going all the way out to tell these stories, maybe video would be a better way to tell them so that people could resonate with them more, understand them more, and feel that connection to them. Like the people in your, in your project, um, and I think that also when I was going out to film, I had the idea after that, that stage that, okay, I can make a short film of maybe something 10 minutes. But in the process of filmmaking, I realized that these stories are so much bigger than that. And so as I was teaching myself filmmaking, I realized that I could be able to make something bigger with it. So the film is actually 64 minutes. And it is just that length because it's the perfect amount of time to share all the stories and give them as much depth and you know information um, as I think an audience would need. And, and so that's why I choose to do filmmaking. I I think it's the best way for me to express my care for the world um, because I may not be the community or, or maybe protesting is not always my thing, but filmmaking is how I how I show up and and choose to the world. How how did you actually educate yourself on filmmaking? Did you have any mm-hmm. filmmaking background before you actually want to make a documentary? Like any mm-hmm. education of it? Yeah, I had no education whatsoever when it came to filmmaking. Um, So I had taken a couple summer courses in photography. uh, And so that helped me translate those skills into cinematography. Because when you create a video, you're just creating a moving image. Um, So you very much set up the frame in the same way. Um, 
And then in terms of the rest of the information, I was very lucky to have some mentors who are helping me with editing questions that I had. Um, and the rest I looked up online. Google was my best friend. How did you meet those mentors? Did you like, did you impress them with something or did they like saw your potential? Like how did it happen? Mm-hmm. Um, my one editing mentor, uh, Troy, I believe he heard me on a podcast actually um, and he reached out to me. But in terms of my other mentorships, I've always been proactive and in seeking out people who I thought had um, experience in the industry um, and just telling them my story and reaching out with a simple ask if they could, you know, have a call with me to answer some questions and, and we built a relationship from there. So sometimes it was, you know, they, they were impressed maybe, like you said, by me. And sometimes I just did the brave thing and, and reached out. Huh. That's interesting. That opens another big topic, which is, you know, um, putting out your message out there is valuable. It's always going to come up with something mm-hmm. valuable because, you know, when you show when you show up, not show off, of course, um, you know, the mm-hmm. good thing, the good things happen. But I want to actually get behind uh, the, again, behind the scenes of the project. And mm-hmm. how long did it took you to actually film it? Like one year, I believe. So we were only traveling for six months. Um, so that was the production time in terms of how long I was filming. So um, we went to South Africa, Mozambique, Tanzania, and Thailand, and San Francisco in the US uh, for those six months. And so that's, that's how long I was um, filming. But I was working on the film in my summertime uh, when I got back to school. So one summer I would write the script, next summer I started to edit, um, and then I graduated high school and have been working on the project and getting the film into schools um, and film at schools. Well, what was the situation with school when you actually decided to take one year off of it and actually <laughs> do the documentary? Like, what was their reaction? And alongside your mother? Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom was um, very supportive after I had been pitching the idea to her for a few months. Um, initially, she was questioning um, just my commitment to to being able to pull off something like this. Of course, I had no idea how much work it would take. And I think if I had, it kind of would have scared me. But I took a giant leap of faith and so did she. Um, and my school, my teachers were generally quite supportive. Um, you know, my mom was allowed to take me out of school for that time, and I put my classes on hold. Um, and when I got back, I just kind of, I kind of resumed with my, my the rest of my education um, as I would have been before. So I, I only ended up moving to, to stay behind an extra four or five months to finish my, my high school. Huh. Interesting. I mean, you know, not every parent or like school teachers or anything or not everyone is so supportive when someone like decides to go outside the box, you know? 
and I think that's awesome, to be honest. But when I actually came back to school, uh, you know, what was your teachers and, like, um, students' reaction? Like, when they saw the documentary, what, what was their opinion on it? Was there, like, haters or was everyone, like, really, like, impressed? Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't actually gotten to show my film at my school yet because it, I finished it after I graduated. Um, but I did invite some teachers and students from the school um, to the premiere that we had in, in my home city. Um, and the reactions so far have been really positive. Um, I don't think I've really received one negative comment on this. Actually, maybe I've received one or two negative comments on the film, but the response has been overwhelmingly positive. And um, including that the film has won um, 24. And, uh, like, do you want to go to university or college to actually study filmmaking? Or do you think you can self-educate yourself enough? Um, I'm always happy to keep learning. I think that right now the project has been so busy and moving forward that I have to still gear with it and help it move forward. Um, but in the meantime, you know, I'm always learning. Online, I think, is the best way for me to direct my education so one day maybe well i want to actually know the future with that project because Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about the self-education your process and everything but we never but we don't talk about the like the new uh, the future about about this project like the sunrise Mm -hmm. project yeah so yeah yeah and i want to ask you where do you want to actually get it to? Do you want to, uh, like, make documentaries about National Geographic and you know, all these big uh, co- uh, organizations? Do you want to be an independent filmmaker? What, what are the goals, to be honest? Um, okay, so the, the Sunrise Storyteller, the film, is just one element of the Global Sunrise Project. And so we do, we do and we will continue to make films about global issues uh, from a more positive solution-oriented perspective, um, but we also have photography exhibits and uh, social media campaigns to talk about those global issues as well. Um, so you create media that's positive and inspiring, but then uh, the, the second most important piece is the educational element. So what I've been doing is creating workshops for youth I would say age 14 to 20, 24, uh, to help them narrow down what it is they want to do to take action and guide them into that process of starting to take action and goal setting and so that they can find success with, with pursuing the causes that they care most about. Because sometimes I think they have passion they just don't know where to start with all of that. So those are the two main pillars of the Global Sunrise Project, media and education. And in the future, I want to continue with that model. So with any film uh, or photography so that we make, we always have that educational piece so that people can be not only inspired, but uh, motivated to take action and actually take steps towards making the world a better place.
So by taking action, what was your case like? So when you actually started documenting, you know, make uh, filmmaking, did you like took massive action or you like set yourself daily goals every day to actually fulfill something like step by step goals? I think it always it it's always step by step. As cliche as that sounds, it is the little things that make a big impact. Um, and when you're taking those little steps, you look back and you at the end of a year and you realize how much you've really done. Um, so I think that's important to remember. Things look big. It's like the iceberg. It's like the iceberg effect. Like what you see is above the water in terms of success and what people have accomplished. But what you don't see is all of the hours, the hard work, and the failures, and and you know the emails and the tedious tasks, and sometimes the, the not so glamorous things. Um, but it still it still leads to that that success in that yeah yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like step by step, but you know, there's something called impatience, and we are we're all experiencing that. And when you do step by step, how how can you be like sure that you're going to like succeed? Like, how do you make um, yeah, how can I say? How do you make a professional step by step goals? Like, how do you organize these goals mm-hmm. for, for for the day? I think it's easy to get overwhelmed every day with the things that you have to do for the whole week. I like to focus day by day, um, just the most important tasks, because if I focus sometimes, sometimes I have to focus on the future, but I think focusing on, on the present is the most important part. To do. And checking in with yourself and seeing if the actions that you're taking day to day are they align, they, they fit with your purpose and what you can see your future goals looking like. So I think that it's important to connect always with, with the purpose and the why, why you're doing something day to day. Because I think people do get impatient because they don't, they don't see things moving anywhere. But if you tell yourself, you know, this is why I'm doing this, then I think it's easier to stay in that process and keep moving forward. Well, well, I think you need to share that with uh, with uh, on a TEDx talk. Like, have you ever planned to actually make a like TED talk? You know, to you know, speak at the TED stage. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, that's really sweet. Um, I have actually done a signature talk, not a TED talk, but I uh, was speak. I spoke at UCLA, uh, and I have a, a a talk online about how to. Um, not feel overwhelmed by everything that's happening in the news or use that, that those feelings that world events stir up in you for positive change. So turning something very negative and overwhelming into something positive and actionable. Uh, but in terms of what we were discussing about, no, I hadn't thought about taking a trip about that yet. All right, but uh, since you uh, let me ask you this: Are you like extrovert or introvert? Since you mentioned that you are like a shy and calm person, but you like you know taking action, going to events, and all of that. Yeah, I would say I'm an introvert who who loves people, so I love connecting with people. But I definitely uh, need my time to reflect for myself. Need time to decompress from sometimes social events. They can be overstimulating. And so I just need quiet. And 
that I also very much love the energy from from meeting people too. It's it's kind of a balance. So, uh, so as an introvert, when you are speaking, uh, even though you love people, like how did you prepare your speech? How did you prepare what you're talking about? Did you like went with the flow, or you like uh, pre-prepared the speech and actually just like memorized and just said it? So I, I don't think I could have done it go with the flow because my biggest fear is public speaking, and I think a lot of people have that that fear as well. Um, so I pre-prepare it and, you know, practice for months until it was natural to me. So I didn't want it to sound disconnected from my heart and what I was actually saying. I didn't want it to just be memorized. I really wanted to feel it as I was speaking, but I think memorizing gave me the tool to, you know, connect to the, to the message and let people hear it uh, the best it could be. So it was a lot of practice and a lot of hard work in the days leading up to the talk. You know, I want to make a quick pause here and we're going to ask some questions again. But now I have one question which is going to be like for the listeners. So if they want to actually ask you something, whether it be like for documentaries or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, how can they contact you? Sure. Um, we have a contact form on the Global Sunrise Project website uh, where they can reach out to us um, and we'll get that in our email. All right, great. So now here comes my last question for today, which is, I believe, the most important one. And, you know, you got to take it carefully here, not going to lie. It is, so what is your last advice to my listeners in terms of maybe storytelling or, like, learning? Because we covered a lot of topics today. So Mm -hmm. what's your last advice to them? Um, I think that my advice to listeners would be that in this day and age with the way the news cycle works, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed by every single issue there is. And if we're compassionate and caring people, how do we not want to take action on all of these causes? Um, that's a very real, you know, it, it's a very real feeling. But I think that we can be most effective if we choose one or two causes that we're most passionate about. Um, because we can really make the most effort towards one cause that we have all of our hearts in, uh, rather than a few, a few causes that we you know, spread our attention in with. So I think that it is important to think about what that one or two causes might be for you. And um, I think, yeah, I think we, we have power to create great things if we, if we do that. So that's all I have. All right. I mean, that sounds like interesting advice, and I'm sure they're going to take it. But again, I hope that they're going to implement it, and you know, they're going to get you with the feedback, or you know, on your contact list. Anyways, mm-hmm. please make sure to send me all your contacts uh, later, so I can put them in the description below. And now I believe we're say- we're saying goodbye. But mm-hmm. thank you for your time today, Catch was really amazing, and mm-hmm. I learned a lot to be honest, because I myself. I wasn't like a, I wasn't fan of the step-by-step process. I yeah. was thinking that massive action was something else, and you know I'm completely wrong. So thank you for actually clearing that out for us. We're pretty yeah. grateful. Thank Anyways, you. 
I hope we can stay in touch and one day we can do a second interview talking even more about that, about such topics. Maybe even learning, filmmaking, who knows, something interesting. Thank you. Thank you so much.